2022 and welcome to shall we read a poem i'm russ and i'm lauren well lauren you had many travels to do yeah i sure did i went from portland to maryland to florida and the trip to florida was just the worst just absolutely awful why was it just the worst well it was accordion traffic or also known as stop and go traffic it was supposed to be a 18-hour trip divided over two days. It was more like a 24-hour trip divided over three. And most of that was just sitting in traffic, moving at less than 20 miles an hour at, at when we were moving. Oh, Lord. It was so bad at times I had to get out the map. I mean, it would be nice if we had a paper map, but I was just using google maps just as a map to see how i could get us around the stop traffic not not using it to route i wasn't like hey show me a way around this traffic i was having to look and see like okay there's a road there that crosses this other road and we can get around this much highway if we use that road and everyone emerged uh covid free one assumes yes um i'm about 10 days away from when i got back so pretty safe to assume i didn't have co i didn't get covid but nobody wears a mask in the south at all yeah that's true at all and not even if they're sick like they they go out even though they're sick and they just cough on everybody without a mask i remember i was in line for some iced tea and there was this woman with no mask who was just coughing all over the place and my mother came up to me in a moment when this woman wasn't coughing and she started saying hi and I was and my mother's 81 years old and I was like please go to the car and she was like oh you just don't want me in your way and I was like go to the car right now and when I got out of that I was explaining to her that like I didn't want her getting coughed on by this woman and I also didn't want to like start shit with a woman either so I was just go to the car I love that common human decency has become politicized. Yeah. I am now probably one of the more COVID-tested people in anyone's near vicinity. I was 100% certain that I would contract it at some point because my trip was from Vancouver to Dallas to Vancouver to Toronto to Vancouver and got COVID-tested both ways every leg of that trip. And wouldn't you know it... Yeah, somehow I emerged completely unscathed. I suspected that is in part because we were recently boosted. I think they said you like, were. Oh, you weren't boosted yet. My booster appointment is this Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, I was recently boosted, and I am pretty damn sure I was exposed to COVID at some point because I was around so many damn sick people without masks <laughs> in the south. Anytime I like went to use the bathroom and had to stand in a line or to get some food or just a soda or whatever, there was some damn sick person without a mask. I also only associated with, on my trips, it was either all of my friends are vaccinated and all of my family is vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't see anyone apart from them. Like yeah. I was in public for minutes at a time, like if I had to go to a store or something, but it, it was never a meaningful interaction. Right. I was in public a lot because I was trying to get through in stop and go traffic. And when there's stop and go traffic, you stop a lot because you are very bored. And also you have to pee and eat things. Gotta pee. And there's yeah. just such a dearth of like the stadium buddy. 
Yeah, I I mean, there were several times when I like didn't want to deal with the line or the bathroom was disgusting because too many people were using it because we were all stuck in a stop and go traffic. And I really just used the side of the road a lot. It was much better. But, you know, I would I found places where I could get tucked back and people weren't going to see me. Now, unobtrusive as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're, we're none of us strangers to using the side of the road. No. Uh, my mother was bemoaning that she's too old to do that now. She can't squat anymore. <laughs> she lived in Kenya for a while, so she's definitely no stranger to just squatting on the side of the road, but she can't squat anymore. And she's just like, well, I can't. It's a sad thing. This season was one of the first times that I've gotten to experience with my in-laws for an extended period of time because we uh, stayed with them in Toronto. And it's always been like a cliche that, you know, the the in-laws are usually the punchline of a joke such as it is. But man, they are just the cutest little people. At this point, I now have a couple of fetch quests because my life is an RPG. And now I've taken upon myself my father-in-law has a watch that he wore for 40 years that saw him through, like, immigrating to Canada and raising a family and fill in all the blanks. And then it stopped working last year. And he's like, oh, I just can't be bothered to fix it. And it's like, I'm going to fix this watch. And... And now I'm uh, I'm mailing them a USB drive full of Japanese television shows because, you know, it's just adorable. I love that. I love that. It shouldn't be hard to get his watch fixed. You just take it to somebody who fixes watches. He has been frugal for 80 years now. Right. And so he's like, oh, it's so expensive. I just, I'm not going to bother with it. And it's All like, right. you need to wear your watch. Like, this right. is... I can appreciate that. So what are we talking about today? Well, I realize there is one poem we have to read because it's holiday related and we missed it before the holidays. I think I know which one you're doing. Well, it's not the one I want to do. It's the one that I feel obligated to do. It's called Santa and the Reindeer. That's the one. I well, thought you'd I mean, do that one. It's the, were, were you going to do this one? No, I was not. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to do this one, but it, you know, we're nearing, we're nearing the end of the book, and it's not like I'm going to hold this over until next holiday season, so... When we're doing Light in the Attic. Yeah, okay. Santa and the Reindeer. This is the hour, said Santa Claus. The bells ring merrily. And then on his back he slung his pack, and into his sleigh climbed he. On Dancer, on Prancer, on Donner and Blitzen, on Comet and Cupid, cried he. And all the reindeers leaped but one, and that one stood silently. He had pulled the sleigh for a thousand years, and never a word spoke he. Now he stood in the snow, and he whispered low, Oh, what do you have for me? I have games and toys for girls and boys, Santa said cheerily. The reindeer stood as if made of wood. But what do you have for me? The socks are hung, the bells are rung, cried Santa desperately. The reindeer winked at a falling star. But what do you have for me? Then Santa reached into his beard, and he found a tiny flea. And he put it into the reindeer's ear, and the reindeer said, For me? Oh, gee! And into the blue, away they flew, away they flew with the flea. 
And the moral of this Yuletide tale, you know as well as me. And the image is of a reindeer with a very long neck, looking downward kind of disapprovingly. And Santa has his mouth just dropped, mouth agape, just horrified and looking very scared that he might not be able to do Christmas because this of this damn reindeer. Is the moral of this Yuletide tale that it's just the thought that counts? You know, I really don't know what the moral is, but I'm sure that Shell, his intention was probably be like, kids can make up their own morals. There are several that could, that it could be, but I mean, because one of the morals might be could be careful what you ask for, but that doesn't seem very much like Shell. It seems a lot of at Christmas time, particularly. Mm-hmm. Here's your gift. It doesn't matter what the gift is. Like here, I found you a T-shirt, but at least you thought of me. Right. Well, like, what's the deal with the reindeer here? Is the reindeer? Is it just stupid? And so it's like, oh, a flea is great. Or is it actually, you know, is it actually feeling sentimental about this flea because Santa gave him something? And how gross is Santa that he has fleas in his beard? Uh, The answer is yes to all of those things. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yeah, no, but it's, he wasn't taken for granted. Here comes Santa, and rather than just buckling him to the sleigh, well, what do you have for me? But he's been taking his reindeer for granted for a thousand years. And this was the year that he didn't. Well, only because the reindeer was like, Christmas isn't happening, I'm on strike, bitch. And indeed, is is that not how a Christmas carol works? Like, Scrooge has been a piece of shit his entire life, and only now, when the dead rise to change his ways, is he like, oh, here's your pittances from the lifetime of money I've saved. That's true. I love a Christmas carol. What version of it do you like the best? Yes, I love yes. them all. I love them Great. all. I love them all. George C. Scott, Patrick Stewart, Muppets. Yes, take your choice. I love all of them. Do, do you know the story behind the, uh, the the Muppet Christmas Carol? No, I mean, I've seen it. Famously, um, Gonzo is playing the part of Charles Dickens. And Michael Caine, uh, which if you say the words my cocaine, uh, you say his own name, but with an English accent. So that's fun. He went to um, Brian Henson and he says to him, look, I get what's going on here. Uh, I know that I'm playing, I'm the one human character in a Muppet movie. And I'm not going to do anything Muppety. I'm not going to do anything silly. I'm not going to do anything cartoonish. I'm going to play Ebenezer Scrooge as though this were the Ro- Royal Shakespeare Company and they told me to play Ebenezer Scrooge. And he did, and that's why it's one of the best adaptations of A Christmas Carol that's ever been committed to anything. Yeah, that's a good that's that explains a lot. He is really serious. He's a great Scrooge. And uh, and acting opposite like Kermit. And like it, it makes it so much more brutal because he's just taking the... Uh, like he's the worst human being ever. And also he's acting opposite a puppet. How could you not be... How could you be mean to a puppet? And he is. And that's Scrooge. It's pretty good. Did you receive any heartwarming gifts this Christmas season? My sister got me, I mean, my sister asked me ahead of time, what do you want? Mm. And I said, I want a cute bike bell. 
And so oh. she got me a cute bike bell. It, it has birds on it. I like it. It's huge, though. It's like the size of a Big Mac. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go on my bike, but I like it. I w- I w- <laughs> Did it come with, like, a wee mallet so you can... <laughs> has a little finger trigger thing that most bike bells have uh but it's huge oh my god that's wonderful yeah i want to uh, i'm going to stand up and walk six inches to the left here so i can grab this thing but i was completely surprised this christmas i haven't been surprised at christmas time in a long time by something because you know we're adults what do you want for christmas i want this shirt i want this pair of shoes whatever completely to my surprise like three or four family members all went together (gasps) cool russ is holding up a nintendo switch i was gifted a switch i opened it up i felt like a child again that's awesome i really like the switch It's, it's the design is wonderful it's made kind of flimsily but the design is really nice i got a an air fryer for christmas it was something i asked for after i Got some things from my mother that I really didn't like, and I was just like, <laughs> but she's like, "What do you want?" And I'm like, "I want an air fryer," and she sent it to my house, and so I just start, used it last night. Nice. What did you cook in it? Uh, I cooked uh, red curry squash. <gasps> How'd it come? Oh, squash ends up good in the air fryer. I uh, so it needed more time, okay. and the squash wasn't. I think the squash was a little old, so. I'm going to try again. You know, it's my first time with the air fryer. Um, I recently bought potatoes and also Brussels sprouts to try in there, too. I will ruin an air fryer. I <laughs> I did not know what I was missing until I got one. And I'm not even a squash fan. And so at one point, I can't remember what I was making for dinner. It was something involving squash. And it's like, oh, we'll just chuck it in the air fryer. We'll see what happens. Oh, Coming from not a squash fan, I'm now a squash fan because of an air fryer. Yeah, I got an air fryer pretty much because I can't, I can't crisp a thing to save my life. So, <laughs> and this makes it crispy. So I got an air fryer. Well, I am reading a poem today, and I am reading Benjamin Bunn. Poor Benjamin Bunn from Wilmington. His buttons will not come undone. He hasn't changed his clothes since last July. And why? Because no one can unbutton him, no matter how they try. Poor guy. And all that he can take off are his socks and shoes and tie. And all that he can do is sit and bite his tongue and cry. And he cannot take a bath, so just lets the water run. And he can't go to the toilet, and he can't get any sun. And life just isn't any fun. For Benjamin Bunn from Wilmington, whose buttons will not Come undone. Why'd you choose that weird poem, Russ? Oh, I, the, 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 there was a photo. It's of a poor little fellow who is wearing a hairstyle that is very popular among the young folks these days. Um, Describe it. 
It is a perm. It's a perm. It's one of those curly-haired broccoli. His head looks like a broccoli stalk. You know the haircut. All the cool kids are wearing that haircut nowadays. I read an interview with a that, that it was one of those polls of like hairstylists recently. The only perms they do are doing right now are of twenty-five year old males and lower. I have not seen it. It's not popular in Portland. It's a thing. It's a thing here. It's a thing in Dallas. Well, it should be a thing here if it's both here, both in Vancouver and Dallas, especially if it's in Vancouver, but I haven't seen it. I also don't hang out with the 25 and younger, so. I ride the train to work, so I get to see them on the reg. Very pretty boys with so much more hair than I. They're so pretty. But that's not um, all that's about him. Tell us more well, about the well, picture, he's a, Russ. Well, he's also wearing a straight jacket for whatever reason. I know! What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he can't get his buttons undone. He's wearing a fucking straight jacket. It's not like he put on clothes and got stuck in them. He is wearing a straight jacket. He's wearing a straight jacket. That's not the reason I chose this poem. It is dark. He's wearing a straight jacket. He can't go to the toilet. That's problematic. Um, Big problem. That's going to lead to kidney failure. I mean, he but, he would have died. He should have died quite a while ago. No, there's there's toxicity there. There th- that is yeah. not a good thing. Death by urea toxicity is not a way to go. Well, I mean, I assume he's just shitting and pissing himself. It's not like he's holding it in. One would hope. The reason I chose Benjamin Bunn, this fellow whose buttons will not come undone, and he's sitting there looking miserable, is because. I am attending my first social event in quite a while in just above 40 days now. Okay. Because Glad you're going to get boosted before you go. Yes, I'm going to get boosted before I go, but fan expo days have returned to Vancouver. Oh, you want to go cosplay. It's the local nerd convention. You want to go cosplay. And I am going cosplay again for the first time in many a time. Who are you cosplaying, Russ? And how many Uh, people are actually going to know who the fuck you're doing? Well, one of them is the Miles Morales Spider-Man. Okay, okay. Um, Miles is my favorite Spider-Man, and so I'm doing him. And the other one is Zeth from uh, the Stormlight Archive. Yeah, we'll see how that one goes. You'll get a few people being like, I really like your costume. And, and it'll be like two. If one person recognizes me, it will be worth it. There will be. Uh, the person I sat next to on the flight back from Denver to Portland was where, was reading the Stormlight archives. You see? You see? There, Look, we're, we're, yeah. I'm sure I will enjoy it once I eventually get around to it. This was not accusatory. I'm not saying <laughs> why haven't you read this yet. That was not the purpose. I'm actually, here. Uh, yeah, I'm actually not letting myself read anything that isn't related to my projects, which means that uh, I am reading a whole lot of stuff about surveillance because I would rather do that than try to learn physics. Please elaborate on surveillance. So it's on the about the PPB creeper plane. That I hate. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, you like that plane. Oh, I love it so much. Uh, but I'm spending a lot of time doing research into it, not out of the goodness of my heart, out of the spite of my heart. What better way to get an audience with a written piece than by something that people hate? Yeah, everybody hates it. But right spite now I'm reading drives numbers. Yeah, right now I'm reading Eyes in the Sky, uh, and it's about 
how surveillance has progressed since the uh, Afghanistan and Iraq war. For those who are not familiar, we've mentioned it really briefly on this podcast before. Talk about the creeper plane. Oh, God. So the creeper plane is a Cessna that does donuts around the poor neighborhoods in Portland, and it is incredibly loud, especially when it's the summer and it's hot and you have to have your windows open to survive, and it's just like, all night long. And by all night, I mean at least until like 1 or 2 a.m. Are there published numbers on if it has accomplished anything at all? Yeah, I mean, they say it's helped with a few cases, but it's not... Well, this is such a tangent. <laughs> but uh, you, you realize that seven seconds ago we were talking about Zeth's son, son, Volano, Truthless of Shinovar. I so know. I don't think it's a tangent. Well, okay, but it had, but th- that had something to do with your cosplay. We should get back to the poem at some point. In any case, it goes around a lot. In the past years, they published how many hours it's flown and how many missions it's flown. But in 2020, those numbers are mysteriously not there. I wonder why. What happened in 2020 that might make it look bad? Because it accomplished nothing and did nothing? Well, because all it did was stay up in the sky all the time watching the protests uh, for Black Lives Matter. And so the numbers of how many hours it flew are going to be exorbitant. And they have nothing to show for it. (laughs) I very much hope that your writings on this blow the lid off and take a Cessna out of the sky. So I I thought that I would find more interesting things about what surveillance the Portland police use. And it turns out they're just using like Fleur from back in the 90s. It's like actually kind of pathetic. I was wondering if the plane was even equipped with anything and if it was large enough to like I mean, you don't need a lot of space to put one of the Fleur cameras on no. there. No, it's but... like really old Fleur, too. The real thing is that they can borrow uh, like a Stingray or something anytime they want from Tacoma. And so mainly it just goes around and gets not very good footage of stuff because... But, okay, so surveillance state aside, let's remove all the equation. Let's say that I'm working for the Portland Police Bureau at this mm-hmm. point. Why not drones? Why a Cessna? Because they have it, I think, for the most part. But drones can accomplish exactly the same thing without fuel expenditure, and you don't need... Yeah, I think it's, be- I think it's because they have this, and it's- they'll get more push- public pushback if they suddenly buy drones. Huh. Slash I'm sure people that will makes totally- sense in someone's People will mind. totally destroy those drones. Huh. Huh. I feel and the like cost it's... per hour, the Cessnas actually look quite cheap on paper because the cost per hour for fuel and stuff is actually not that much. Where the costs really come in is stuff like paying the pilots and the uh, software updates and the fact that the engines somehow need to be replaced very often and like a maintenance and licensing for the software and training and things like so the per hour cost is only about a hundred dollars but with personnel and and everything else it is a lot more expensive gonna be honest i thought that cessnas these days were still like crank started (laughs) i wish wouldn't that be very portland to have like a man-powered cessna that surveilled people a nice auto gyro 
Mm-hmm. An auto gyro. That's what the Portland Police Board needs to have. Well, Russ, this is going to have to be on the outtakes. This has got on. Oh no! This is st- all. Oh, this is staying in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I learned about auto gyros? That the big propeller. Yeah. It's not powered. Huh? On an auto gyro, you know the the the, the little things that can take off in a very short amount of space, like yeah. they use in yeah, yeah. You, you, you know the guys. I so think I, I only the, saw it from some Pippi Longstocking movie I saw as a kid. Well, I saw it in a Bond movie. Okay. But the, the only powered propeller is the one in back. The one in on top is not propulsion. It kind of acts like a parachute. Okay. Okay. It's very it's like interesting a, it's a engineering. Break of sorts. It is. And so if if all power fails, this thing will just slowly drift out of the sky like one of those um, seed pods that falls out right, of the a maple, maple seeds. tree. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I can think of nothing more Portland than an auto gyro. <laughs> well, do you have anything uplifting to leave our listeners? Wait, 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 wait. I feel like we should get back to the poem. That was it. I'm, I, all why, it was was, why does the straight jacket remind you of cosplaying? Oh, oh, why, why that? Oh, because, um, because in, in Spider-Man, I can't go pee without taking off the entire costume. Oh. That yeah, was literally well, that was that was my entire game on that one. Well, welcome to a lot of women's clothing. I know, and I was looking into that recently, like rompers and things. What mm-hmm. the hell? Okay, rompers also like I've always wanted a romper, even though I know they're hard to get out of. But like, they do not make rompers for tall, curvy women. Mm. They do not. You cannot get them for tall, curvy women. Uh, well. Then there's a hole in the market, and someone needs to make rompers for tall. Well, I really, what's going to happen is I'm going to learn, really learn how to sew at some point, and just make myself a goddamn romper. But not that I just not just that it, just that I have to learn how to sew, which I'm learning. I also have to learn how to modify patterns, which is hard. Or you could do what all the cool designers do, and just have that one. Dem- I have a, I work with someone I didn't know mm-hmm. this about her, who makes her own clothing. Mm-hmm. And she turned up the other day in a coat that she had made with like down and stuff inside of it. Oh, I know a it, lot of people actually do that. It seems it was the to me, coolest though. coat. That's awesome. It's like just get one of those cool dummies that's like exactly the size of you, and you just cut stuff around it. Yeah, super cool. Keep creating out there. Well, All I right, guess I'm, my nice thought is that soon you're gonna have a nice warm hat. I cannot wait. I'm very excited about this hat. Yeah, you'll have to send me your address because I forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) Can do.